Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. An Erio's original. So there's like a, there's like an amateur, you haven't earned it kind of like science to, to sterile music writing which is the same as saying something that i've always said in story writing which is like hey you're not going to write citizen kane this way however if you are afraid that you're not a writer because you don't know how to tell a story there's a paint by numbers version of a story Welcome to Filling the Void, which is a podcast I do where I talk to people about what they do for pure joy, their hobbies, no agenda driven things, nothing you make money from, just the fun of doing something for your life that you like and don't care what anybody else thinks, how you fill the void. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, so are we starting or do you need to yeah. say, do you need to tell, say no, the Blue like Apron loves start... hobbies or... I like to start like mid convo, keep it casual. I don't, we have Dan Harmon he, over here today. I wanted to talk to Dan about a specific hobby that he has partly. And I will preface by saying Dan and I started doing this project together that never turned into anything. And we didn't know each other and we were feeling each other out. We were at a pitch meeting and I, I heard him humming Baker Baker, <laughs> which is a, Kind of a B-side, Tori Amos, a, a little bit of a deep cut. I, I'd say I think it's a bit of a, it's a deeper Tori Amos cut. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. But like, I was humming it. You were singing it under your breath, like we were all chit chattering away, and you were just like Baker, Baker, and I was like, head turned. Dan, are you a Tori Amos fan? And you were like, <laughs> yeah. And I, mean, I loved that. I was like, oh, I'm interested in this person because Tori Amos is specific. And I love her, but not everybody. Like, and then I was like, are you a Joanna Newsom fan? And you were like, I don't, I'm not really that familiar with yeah. her stuff because it's sort of like the same. I do I'm think, from another planet. I mean, I was, yeah. Any plaintiff wailing from a woman in the 90s, I was like, 
like Kate Bush because I like Tori Amos. Totally. I like, but it's I guess the thing that I want to shout from the rooftops to a real Tori Amos fan is like, yeah, I loved Tori Amos when I was nineteen. It was very much because I was. It wasn't because I had good taste in music. It was because I was a um, I was a, a softie. I, I was a baby, right? And totally. I wanted my mama. Oh. And I that that is to this day like I love that music. Like, yeah. Like I I can't like I don't I can't really name like male vocalists where right. I'm like oh give me some of that. Eddie no, Vedder. those were my friends <laughs> in high school. Yeah, no, those were my friends in high school. My guy friends when I was growing up loved whatever dude music, but also Tori Amos and Kate Bush and. Uh, it's Liz Fair and um, My Bloody Valentine. Like that was, I guess, like before emo. Yeah, it was just girls. Yeah, it seemed like before there were words for it for me, from my perspective, because I didn't have words for it. But I knew I was like, I love women in pain, right? <laughs> like assertive Same. pain, or like like <laughs> I love women in pain. Like good pull quote, but <laughs> like it, it it like for real, like assertive pain. Like like I'm so tortured that I'm, I can't not sing about it. I can't not make art. Yeah, about that it. even though God has given me these pipes right. that like sound like um, sexuality. I'm actually so fucked up that right. it's like like that I I I have to I'm exploding through those pipes which like I guess that's maybe how people feel about Frank Sinatra, Johnny Cash, like there's a male equivalent right. to that maybe but yeah. the idea of singing to me is like and it, it, it's it's just like like the, I, it's such yeah, a I, I grew up in the Midwest and like I like my mom I've like, I've given up on caring about my if my mom's listening or if it gets back to her but like she it wasn't like I don't yeah. I don't feel like that like cradly like hush little baby like right. kind of thing yes where it gets Freudian and like intermingled with like the cold open of the aviator because uh, <laughs> there's like unhealthy versions of it but. Like, like, I think that like once we all sort of reached a certain age and you're a little bit older than me, but not much. And like, I mean, my parents are baby boomers, so I don't think it was that my parents didn't love me, but they were definitely scared of me and didn't know how to show affection. And so, yeah, this substitute that came in the form of like, female singers punk music because it was also it was like Tori Amos was unleashing something but so was Bikini Kill and I was really into them both and I it was it was really like it came down to singing and I and I didn't sing and the karaoke wasn't invented then right so it was like listening to lyrics singing alone in the shower or like in my car once I got my license and like super letting go that was such a release and I guess felt like the feeling that you're describing that was like warm and comfortable and back to that place where I needed to be yeah coddled or yeah I just thought I was like oh I'm uh I make 40 dollars a week doing improv 
I spend $20 a week of that on pot. I give $10 to my landlady to live in her attic. I'm sleeping on a bare mattress. I have a speaker on either side of my head because those are the speakers that my brother stopped using. And mm-hmm. you like, like you, these days, it, it sound and everything, everything is so different. Everything is so disposable. Right. But, and the, but those were the, the, those were the days of like, if you don't put a CD in a tray, you're not going to hear right. this. It's a, it's not, or you can't just type it somewhere. Like if I lost a tape that someone had made for me, I was fucked because it was a mixtape. And like, I couldn't, I wasn't going to about to go out and get all of those bands albums right. for one song. It There's was a like, big difference between, so say you're, you're 17 years old in 1999 you're moving out of your parents' house with milk crates full of shit. Yeah. And in 2019, if you're a 19-year-old moving out of your parents' place, the milk crate doesn't have to contain CD jewel cases or vinyl records in order for you to make sure wherever you go next, you get to be you. Right. It has way more to do with, like, a bunch of other shit that right. you have to carry, but it's not a thing you have to physically carry. Totally. And like, if you're like living and you're like, who did you take with you to sing you lullabies? Who did you, who do you work to? And you're definitely like, Tori Amos. And, and yeah. And for me, it was definitely, it was women that sounded like they had been hurt and that were, that forgave me and that right. were like, that I was a little baby and they were singing down to me, not right. up to me, not like you're so vain and like, or like, right. It, it, it's like singing down to you, which is simultaneously <laughs> more problematic than like, cause they're not like, they're, they're like, I, I, they're, they're, you're a little baby. So I'm Tori Amos and I'm telling you like goo goo gaga, like you're a little grapefruit. That's, I don't even care if you understand my lyrics. Right. And I'm like, yeah, mama. That's so interesting. I mean, I, as a woman felt differently about it, but I, I love that. That's how you and probably like all of my guy friends felt or a lot of them. And like, I was so like, I, I genuinely really liked Dan before I heard him singing Baker Baker, but it's like once he sort of let me in on this like weird nuanced out of character thing, like I, it was just, it was like a private moment I had caught you in, in the middle. Like, I don't think that you even consciously knew you were humming it or singing no, I, it. I, I don't know of myself as a con- of humming anything. I well, That seems so tropey. I think you were singing it and no one else in the room because we were also uh, with, a couple of people who were much younger than us, but I was like tunnel vision, Dan, do you love Tori Amos? Yes. And then it kind of like, I felt closer to you, even though there was not, that was all my projection. It was just like, Oh, we share this thing that I like, because it's also like, you know, it's like to, it's one thing to wear like, um, like a childish Gambino t-shirt or like a fucking childish Gambino junior Nicki Minaj or Beastie Boys t-shirt but not if somebody's wearing to me it was the equivalent of you wearing a Tori Amos t-shirt which is like obscure enough that you that only like a certain amount of people are gonna get it and like I guess I felt like I get it I get Dan I'm interested in knowing more about 
this weirdo and not for the things that you're known for, which is like Rick and Morty and sci-fi and comedy and whatever Game of Thrones, whatever, whatever nerd shit that, and I love it all too, but like that I had known or presumed about you, that was like exciting to me. And, and then from there, that was, I think our first pitch. And then at our last pitch, when we felt like we had, sold the show Dan and I made a video together singing Happy Phantom from Little Earthquakes Tori Amos album and it was took us it we were the meeting was on the west side we were driving home during rush hour and it took us the entire hour and a half to get it right and we were completely serious not in the sense that we didn't think it was funny or fun but we were like using our true voices and really trying to sound good and dan whether you admit it or not like actually has like a beautiful singing voice and like we were looking up the lyrics we kept rewinding the song it was really fun and then it was just this nice moment that we had that i don't get to have in cars all the time with people and i haven't driven in a car singing at the top of my lungs with somebody else in a while. It just doesn't happen that as often as it used to. And what good did it do, really? Well, it created a memory that is very fond in my heart. And and then recently, you know, occasionally I look at Instagram and like to see what my friends are up to. And um, I look at Dan's Instagram and I see that he's like singing all these songs in his car. But they're songs that he's made up the lyrics to, which are super funny and also like seem very impromptu. I believe in you, which doesn't mean much, because I also believe in Pudding and Hitler. And I don't love those, that's not true. I definitely love Pudding. And I believe in you and love you. So maybe love is only possible through belief. That's not true. I don't believe in Optimus Prime, but I love him because he's the leader of the Autobots. But if Optimus Prime asked me for a kidney, he wouldn't get one because he's fictional. And I don't believe in him, but I believe in you. But if you take my kidney, I'll love you a little less than pudding. But if my kidney fails because of pudding, and you give me a kidney, I'll f- you are the f- you're fucking locked. Would you say that that's a hobby of yours? Like yes, making and listening. Oh no, not listening. Making. Yeah. Well, I was like, who? Where did you get like the? the music for the songs that you're just making up on the spot. And Dan was like, I wrote them. And to me, that's fascinating because I think it seems really hard to just well, can I, make music. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear. And then you can edit this if it takes too long, but like, so I never want to cheat, but I also like, I think like uh, if you're doing something as a hobby, then you should be like, well, I think one of the biggest things is people get ashamed of like doing the, the, the amateur thing, like garage band being a thing that's like, 
Oh, it's like, oh, are you? Oh, I made something in GarageBand. It's like saying I'm not a professional musician, right? Because, and that makes total sense, and it's possible for that to be true. But also, like, I don't know. I started in GarageBand, and then I was like, well, what are the, what are these things called chords, and how does all this work? And I, I just been kind of like learning about music as I go. So then, the those songs that I do in my car, they have like a workflow that starts with this app called chord bot so like and there's this function that's like so you're just pressing a button on chord bot and that song comes up well this is the last thing that that came up but so okay so let me let me get as simple as i can i'm gonna like take out it's called chord bot yeah chord bot it's it's an ios app so this is just like so you go like let's say uh 120 beats per minute and you get like this four chord progression it's an app that lets you just like arrange chords whether you know what chords are or not yet but that's a gateway to like understanding what chords are and which ones work together and there's like apps that'll i'm sure this is infuriating to musicians but there are apps that do recognize the kind of western collective understanding of which chords tend to work well with others so there's like a there's like an amateur you haven't earned it kind of like science to right to sterile music writing which is the same as saying something that i've always said in story writing which is like hey you're not going to write Citizen Kane this way. However, if you are afraid that you're not a writer because you don't know how to tell a story, there's a paint by numbers version of a story. Right. So let's talk about that stuff. And like, we're not, that's not inviting people to be hacks. That's like inviting everybody to be like, right. You don't need to be a genius to tell a story. And don't give, don't give this song too much credit just for the fact that it had four parts to it. When if actually that's like a fundamental thing that you could do. And the real question is like, how much of your heart are you going to pour into this song? Anyways, but like, so like, like getting interested in music, like has helped me like have a relationship with those concepts too like the idea of what is a hack and what is a person who's just an enthusiast and what right. and, and how much deference do you have to like pay to people that actually know what they're doing and is it okay for you to just root around in a sandbox without without offending the sand I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me In a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra Start hiring professionals like a professional Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Uh, 
is that in point of fact like not what you're supposed to do and then i can take that back to writing too but like so what if you even do offend the sand well i'm i mean clearly who cares but i'm like trying i'm thinking about this in terms of painting because i get i have that thing where like i love to paint it's my hobby but oh don't worry i'm a hack like I don't I never went to art school. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm self-taught. When people say they like it, I think they're being nice. Right. Am I pouring my heart into it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's where that's where like excuses like uh, here's a thing I'm going to do. It's become so important. Right. So like that's why I just stumbled into it was like, well, I'm only going to record myself while I drive to work. Mm-hmm. because when I pull into my parking spot at work, it, it's been established that that is the amount of time that I am allowed to have right. to like come up with a song. And it's not what I'm getting paid to do. And it's not like me versus John Mayer for a Grammy. And mm-hmm. like there, my pride is not on the line. There's no agenda behind it. it. Actually. And, and, and for that person, it actually is more important. I think, that person is going to give themselves a harder time and therefore do nothing. Unlike an actual musician who's like, actually, I think I'll fuck around for three hours and they'll, but like it's the layman that actually is going to go, well, where would I begin if I decided I wanted to like cut an album, make a song, do anything musical. That answer is not answerable unless you're a person who already has a, has experienced like right do doing all that stuff and so i'm like oh yeah um well i'll i'm not taking any time away from rick and morty so that was an important component as much as i don't want to admit like that stuff but it was like every time i post something on instagram if i post me playing fetch with my dog on a beach there's gonna be a comment from a kid saying is this why rick and morty is taking so long, uh, uh-huh. you know, and it like, so part of it was like, you can't like, not even the ghost of my fucking grandpa can, right. can tell me that I'm wasting my time. Right. If I'm literally on the way to work, like I can't but write a script on my way to work. But you're also like, never mind of what anybody, what comments people leave or what people say, like you wouldn't, you're, you wouldn't be able to, if you were 24 seven working on Rick and Morty, it would either take a shorter amount of time and not be as good, or it's taking the amount of time that it, it's meant to take. Like your leisure time is important to that process. Yeah. Don't you I don't think? even care anymore. I yeah. mean, by the way, I mean, you're meeting me. I we're having this conversation on the other side of a lot of thresholds where I'm right. like, I don't fucking care if the cartoon is bad. Right. I like, I'm not, I would like if, Cody was falling into a vat of acid and the lever that saved her made my cartoon bad. I mean, you start there and then you go, do I want to work for more than four hours on anything ever? But don't get me started. Like, like that's for our other podcast, but I'm saying that it was part of, it's like your fears, your anxieties that are totally invalid. Like, I don't want an incel telling me what to do for my life, but yeah, it was kind of like there's a there, there there's something about that. I think it's important. The important thing with hobbies is the excuse to fail, the permission to fail. Totally. Because I'm not supposed to be good at this. So like Frank Lloyd Wright, how capable is he going to be of expressing his rage mm-hmm. through 
a house. <laughs> I, we right. don't know. The answer, it's, the answer is maybe he, the reason why he's historically significant is because he absolutely totally was able to do yeah, that. That he was just like, I'm right. feeling this way and that. But for me, I'm like, you know what? You know what's not going to happen once you're paying me a lot of money to exactly. do it? Exactly. Well, there was a point for me where writing was my hobby. And once it became my job and I started realizing, oh, I can make a living doing this, which was the goal. I didn't call it a hobby when I was growing up. I wrote I wrote in my diary. I wrote poetry. I wrote shitty song lyrics for songs that didn't exist. Anything. Because it was fun. But I also took myself pretty seriously because yeah. I did have an agenda. Yeah. yeah. To, and, to, to get people to not beat you up, to get people to give you food. Right. I mean, in a, like a, a, yeah. in a grand emotional sense, you're, For like, sure. you're like, I want a company that comes over to recognize that this pajama dance I'm doing is important because I want... I want to survive. Yeah. I want like, people so to value like me. Your I want to be accepted and I want to be good enough. But I you're want also my work following your bliss where you're right. like, here is the way in which I am able to shout at the top of my lungs. Don't kill me. That seems to get people to hear me more. Right. Like, it, like other kids seem to like maybe kick a football or they're like just shaking their head at the strange zucchinis, like getting results for them. But like, Boy, oh boy, the amount of energy I put into being special yesterday <laughs> right. versus the output. Right. I feel pretty secure. I might be able to relax today. <laughs> I think that, I think even four-year-olds are thinking that. They're like, if they're, if they're raised in ancient Sparta, their parents are like, here's a spear. You have to kill people. That's how it goes. Right. And then if they're raised in whatever the opposite of Sparta is on that spectrum – it's like, oh, am I not enough of a beatnik shit? Yeah, right. But in any case, God damn it, like, don't kick me out. Right, exactly. It's like, Which means that I don't all want art, you to kick me out of the tribe. Yeah, and like, like all art, therefore, no matter how cool the person seems, like, aren't they, if you saw their shit. Fight, they're, they're trying to like win the shame race. I mean, it's like they're trying to outrun shame. Yeah. It's all, it's all I have, I'm, I'm ever trying to do and was trying to do for a long time with writing and I couldn't, I felt ashamed. And especially when I started making money because I was like, wow, I can, I'm actually good enough or confident enough, whatever to make people believe that I can yeah. make money doing this. And then that came with a whole new set of, Oh, you're, you were in the tribe. Now you're not in the tribe anymore. You got fired from this. You got fired from that. And so it was like, I, my feeling wasn't that I suck. I was like, if I was a good, if I was good enough at writing, this wouldn't be an issue. Mm -hmm. It beat me. Now, I that didn't stop me from writing because part of being a writer is not is not being good at washing dishes. Well, I can't not write. Right. I I wish that I did, wasn't a writer. It's really hard, and like, I wish that I can make money doing many other things sometimes. Because it's really hard. It's a hard relationship that I have with myself and other people. When you get to a certain point, which is, I think, like the sweet spot of all I want is to go into work and not hate myself every day and not feel misery and dread. For me, that's all I, I was like. I, I hit the point where I was like, I don't care. 
I'll be a writer no matter what. If I don't make money doing it, if I'm not good enough, then right. like so fucking be it. It's out of my hands at this point. So I, right. that's when I started painting and, and doing other things. Right. It was like, I need to express myself in a different way. Yeah, actually, when you view your occupation as a compulsion or as I had once said, it's like a prison cellmate. Right. It's like, this is where I live. Like, <sighs> I can choose to put makeup on this. I right. could wear a mop head for a wig. Like, there's a million things I can do to, like, worship the beauty right. of this. There's a million things I can do to, like, bang my head against the bars and go, like, oh, what was me? Like, right. oh, I'm going to write Barfly. And I'm like, like, I can't believe I'm trapped in here. But, like, the bottom line is that's where you live. Right. And also there's more to it. Like, and therefore like painting and like yoga and all, there's a million things right. you could do as a prisoner in that penitentiary that like given that where you live in that cell at night is just it's like sign up for for the license plate drilling class. Right. Right. <laughs> totally. And it's not like if I wanted to, I can sit at home and write poetry and like go get a job in PR something and just write what I want to write and have it fulfill that need. But it clearly is more to me than that. Like what it is, is that I'm still trying to outrun shame. And so I'm trying to connect and I'm trying to like then create, okay, this tribe doesn't want me. I'm going to another tribe. I'm starting my own tribe, mm -hmm. right? I want other people to join this tribe. I mean, what it is, it, yeah, it's the, it's the language that, you, that you're most fluent in when, when you want to say the thing that's the most important to you, which is don't beat me up, don't kill me, don't right. take me out. And so, like, it, that, that is, like, a beautiful thing, but also it's the language of insecurity and anxiety. Yeah. So it's like the thing you're good at. It becomes, like, yeah, that's why hobbies are important. Because, right. like, the idea of being, like, bilingual in who you are right it, 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 then you're you're actually like i think you have all the more chance to when the chips are down actually realize that oh no no, no i'm i'm feeling the wrong thing right now mm -hmm. because in spanish there's a phrase for this that doesn't exist in english and since i know both spanish and english i'm actually able to totally like get out of this argument better such a good and if analogy. the argument is with your own right. depression and you're bilingual. Well, th there's a story. It's basically, it, it's, it comes down to what you were saying before, which is story. Like, oh, this is the part of the story that we're having a bad time. Yeah, I do think writers are particularly like my therapist. And maybe this is the occupation of writer is... It doesn't have the highest mortality rate, but it does have the highest like drama. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, let's say this is the highest drama rate. The, high, the also maybe clinically like the highest self inflicted yeah. like harm rate. Right. Like 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 that makes that sense. Is, that's not to glamorize it. Of course, but it's sad that that does glamorize it. It it, it it's like we're not the people to go to when. The shit hits the fan. <laughs> when, when, with questions about. Right. Um, some, do you ever feel like nothing I do matters? I think a writer like. Uh, I, totally. I think, or like, 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 here's what I'll say. Yeah. Right, uh, if writing is your hobby, fantastic. If writing is your profession, I hope you have a hobby for <laughs> the moment you're totally. about to blow your brains out. Totally. Because writing 
doesn't give you a a lot of heroes right like to oh well, what would Hemingway do um the and also just the, the idea of storytelling going deep it, it, it's witchcraft it's it's yeah it's, it has it's steeped in self-abuse yeah it's steeped in nihilism it, it there aren't a ton of like famous idealist writers <laughs> They just totally and so, so much self-centeredness like when we like and I re- I'm just thinking of our experience together which was just one you know of many experiences we've had with other people but there were times where we were like I don't know what the fuck is happening here and it's fine for now and then there were moments where we where we had it we were like dude yes it's not a secret to me that I'm self-sabotage and hate myself to a certain extent but also that in order for me to continue to sit and do that I've a part of me and I I think it's actually a good part it's an it's a part of my ego that has died that says if nobody laughs at my joke if nobody cares about this pitch I'm going to be okay I'm not gonna die I'm not I'm not gonna cry about it I'm not gonna feel it for the next week like that only comes with having gone through it so many times and wanting to die and and realizing like oh what happens on the other side of that is that I don't and I just stop caring as much and then it's a freedom you know but but one of the things that I wanted to say that was also interesting about your hobby and mine and they are hobbies like I paint and there is no agenda even if I sell them even if I want other people to see them I but I do have my own Instagram account for my art so yeah they're not privately stored away and neither are your songs but you have a the important I think the important thing is as far as like what's important about the difference between a hobby and a job even if you it might not necessarily be getting paid at the job because like what you just made me realize is like how many times have I failed as a songwriter this right. fiscal quarter, right. this year, this decade? And the answer has everything to do. The answer is immediately zero. Right. Or or constantly because right. who cares what the difference is because right. every song is just like a blah, blah, blah. But like how many times have I failed as a writer? Like a uh, thousand times. Like totally. a thousand times per second per hour, per day, per week, per month, per and it's never the ending. 25 years leading me to doing this podcast is I the only thing that it, it's it, we look back and it's the whether it's the thing that you're supposed to have done then you're like did I do it good or bad mm-hmm. that's not with a hobby right that's not a thing totally like you start beekeeping if you're already the chief of police in baltimore and you're beekeeping in your backyard like the reason you're doing that has to be because you're like i'm not a good beekeeper or a bad beekeeper that i'm a fucking i'm just beekeeping (laughs) i got i got i got stung a bunch of times today i guess i learn i guess i gotta get better and like you have the attitude about your hobbies that everyone tells you you're supposed to have about all the shit that's important but well it, are these grapes or date? Oh, they're grapes. cherries. Ugh. They're cherries. Do you want watermelon? 
No, no. I I thought they were dates. Oh. Which would dates? be the closest thing they could be to like a a bag of Reese's peanut oh, butter cups. Oh, do you I have Reese's peanut butter cups? Hold on. Tune back in next week for part two of Leslie's conversation with Dan Harmon. Okay, so for filling the void, I'm really interested in like weird hobbies, hobbies that people are super obsessed with. And we have a toll free number and you can leave a message. Please call us at 844-370-VOID. Leave a message. Tell me what your weird, awesome, delicious, obsessive hobby is because I'm like, I just want more and more and more. And I like it when people are obsessed with weird shit. And um, you can rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about Filling the Void. Bye. Filling the Void is an Erios original with editing by Kat Hong and music by Michael Cassidy. Erios. Powered by ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.